2: It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast.
0: Boom on a Friday. Welcome in. So glad to have you. And there's a lot of excitement in the room. And that's because we had 11 preseason football games last night. I know that it was preseason, but it was still football. It was still great to see the uniforms. It was great to see the graphics on TV. And it was great to see... Some of the younger stars of the National Football League get their first taste at glory. Welcome in. It is the Doug Gottlieb Show, brought to you by Farmers. At Farmers, we've seen almost everything, so we know how to cover almost anything when it's game time. Have an experienced player to help you stay ahead of the game, put their experience into play at Farmers.com. We are Farmers. It is the Doug Gottlieb Show, and I mentioned there were 11 preseason games last night in the NFL. Five more games will wrap up the weekend, whether it be tonight or tomorrow. But a lot of the eyes and many of the eyes on the football scene last night were on three players specifically. They were Kyler Murray of the Cardinals, Daniel Jones of the New York Giants, and Redskins quarterback Dwayne Haskins Jr. All rookies, all first-round picks, all getting their first taste of the National Football League. And last night went better for some than others Let's take Kyler Murray, for example.
8: Kyler Murray on second down and six from the 32. Murray looking towards Larry, throws to the far sideline, but it's Demir Bird right at the sticks. And once again, the timing, the accuracy, just the flow of the offense. Kyler appears to make it look so easy.
0: Kyler Murray was terrific in his only drive of the night on the Cardinals radio network. Six of seven for 44 yards against the Chargers. It wasn't perfect, but that's what Daniel Jones was last night for the Giants.
7: Jones out of the gun, Gallman to his left, double receivers left, and Fowler to the right. Back to throw, first and 10 from the 12. To the end zone, right corner, touchdown! Welcome to the NFL, Daniel Jones as he hits Benny Fowler, and the Giants have tied it at six. With 3.36 left in the first period.
0: Daniel Jones, 5 of 5 last night for 67 yards and a touchdown. Dwayne Haskins, maybe had the toughest night of any other rookies. saw more action than anyone else, going 8 of 14 for 117 yards, but two interceptions in that game against the Browns. Here's the Rooks' thoughts on his first taste of the NFL.
7: My spot, Alert Rails, man coverage. Um, should have it over the top. I tried to back shoulder him, throw. Uh, second pick, it was all go, cover three, corner midpointed. Did a great job jamming Flanny on the on the seam cut. Tried to anticipate it in there. It wasn't looking for me. Quarter made points at pick. Stuff happens.
0: Stuff happens, Bucky Brooks. And last night, stuff happened to all three of the first round picks as they made their NFL debuts. Dwayne Haskins, probably the roughest of the three quarterbacks with their performance last night.
8: Yeah, it was an interesting night to watch the rookies have an opportunity to play because what you saw were distinct, different approaches to how you played your rookie quarterback. Uh, If you think about Callum Murray and Daniel Jones, uh, the play call has really set them up for success. Easy throws, early, quick rhythm things, things that allowed them to kind of get into a rhythm um, and get their confidence up. For Dwayne Haskins, I don't know if this is just the way the Redskins operate with a quarterback. They didn't really set him up with those kind of throws. He didn't get a lot of screen passes, quick passes, things that are kind of high percentage layups. And I think it. You know, like, you know, he just had a rougher start. Obviously, when he made the wheel route, he tried to throw it uh, down the boundary, tried to throw it over top of the defender. Defender made a great play, and uh, Mac Wilson turned it into a pick six. And then the interception from Greedy Williams is just one of those situations where he's trying to fit the ball into a seam, and Greedy Williams made a really good play. And so what can we take from all of it? Look, all of those guys look like NFL quarterbacks. The game didn't look too big for any of them. It'll just be interesting to see as they progress and as things get harder how the other guys, Kyler Murray and Daniel Jones, will play when they play top defense.
0: I start to read into how they were used. And to your point, you know, Dwayne Haskins maybe wasn't set up for great success, but. In reality, Dwayne Haskins doesn't have to have immediate success in Washington because of the two veterans ahead of him. That's what I look at last night of seeing Kyler Murray. The Cardinals were, were smart with him. He was effective. We saw the skills that made him the first overall pick. He had Haskins maybe doing some things that maybe weren't advantageous, but there seems to be some work. And that brings me to Daniel Jones. For the simple fact, Bucky, does last night's performance maybe tell us a little bit more how the Giants are considering Daniel Jones, who so he goes perfect in his only drive of the night, throws a touchdown, is that shedding more light on maybe the Giants' plans for their first-round pick?
8: No, I don't think they have plans to play him. I think Eli Manning is the quarterback, and that's the plan that they want To continue to to go with. I think if anything, they told us what they wanted to do. They believe that the Pat Mahomes plan is the best plan for a young quarterback. So they want Daniel Jones to kind of learn on the sideline, learn behind the veteran, let Eli Manning continue to run the show for this year or maybe even next year and then kind of see where he's at. If anything, I think this kind of quiet some of the conversation that went around Daniel Jones. For so long, we had heard, oh, my God, what were the Giants doing? Why would they take him six overall? He's not a player. He couldn't play a Duke. Blah, 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 blah. And I think what he was able to do is show people, look, he's talented. He can play in rhythm. He is the ideal quarterback that they wanted behind Eli Manning. And I think the way that he performed, but better yet, the way that he handled the questions after the game, showed you why the Giants wanted him to be their franchise quarterback going forward after Eli Manning is done with the Giants.
0: He's Bucky Brooks. I'm Dan Bayer. This is the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Find Bucky on Twitter at Bucky Brooks. I'm at Dan Byer on Fox. Now Jay Glazer came on the network last night with uh, Jason Smith and Mike Harmon here on Fox Sports Radio and said, Sorry to burst everyone's bubble but what Daniel Jones had to face last night is not what Daniel Jones would have to face in week no. one of the of the regular season. But is there any scenario? Is there any scenario this preseason where Daniel Jones will see more? Where maybe it would make the Giants reconsider the plan that they have in place right now to have him as their starting quarterback?
8: I don't think so. I think this is a situation where the Eagles know exactly how they want to proceed. Eli Manning is the quarterback. It's not a quarterback competition. They want the young quarterback to develop on their own time without the pressure of having to get on the field. And I think they really want to stick to that. Um... With Daniel Jones, he did play in advantageous situations. He wasn't playing against the starters. He did step in and go against the twos, which is fine, because I want to see him dominate the twos before he has an opportunity to play against the number one unit. Um, I just think we all are in such a hurry to get these young guys on the field. I just think it's a situation where Daniel Jones showed us that he certainly has NFL talent. Now it's a matter of let's wait for him to be ready to fully have success in the NFL. Isn't,
0: isn't that the way of the NFL, though, now? Of trying to get these guys on the field as soon as, as, uh, soon as does, you can? Do,
8: it doesn't necessarily mean it's the right way to do it. I think if you look at what Pat Mahomes was able to do, if you're starting quarterback in play, then you don't need to rush him onto the field. Pat Mahomes sat for an entire season behind Alex Smith. Alex Smith played at a Pro Bowl level. And then when Pat Mahomes got his opportunity to play, he was better ready to handle the challenges of playing in an NFL game because he had at least gotten used to the speed of the game on the practice field. For the other young quarterbacks that we throw them out there, what happens is when we throw a young quarterback out, first impressions stay and linger a long time. Think about how we viewed Jared Goff based on how he looked his rookie season. We were ready to call him a bus heading into year two based on how he performed under Jeff Fisher. And so I think we just have to be careful about rushing guys onto the field because it's a completely different game than in college. But I will say the thing that does stand out, the guys who are able to have success as young players are the ones where the coach makes the biggest concessions when it comes to leaving his scheme in favor of the scheme of the the, the player's choice, meaning... uh. Cliff Kingsbury is allowing Kyler Murray to play in a system that he's very familiar with at Oklahoma. Quick rhythm throws, screen passes, those things, staples of the air raid system, which is why he can look like he's ready to play. A lot of times with the young players, you have to meet them halfway and put them in an environment that is very, very close to what they did in college. I think we're beginning to see that more on the pro level. How much
0: does Patrick Holmes supporting cash though, help him in Kansas City as opposed to what Daniel Jones would have to face with the Giants
8: it's very important Uh, it's very important and I'm I'm gonna say this is not it's probably not a popular opinion I did an article today where we talked about offensive engines like who's the driving force of every NFL offense and in Kansas City Tyreek Hill to me is the driving force of that offense Tyreek Hill is the one that dictates the terms he affects the way coverage is, is thrown out and what Pat Mahomes sees he also affects the way they're able to run the ball because you have to pay so much attention to number 10. Um Pat Mahomes stepped into a terrific situation. Not only did he have an outstanding supporting cast with Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, and at the time they had Kareem Hunt, he also has the ultimate play caller in Andy Reid. And so he is look, he's responsible for a large part of the success that he has as an MVP player, but it was a perfect storm with Great player, meeting great system, meeting great supporting staff, which is why he was able to play like he played right away.
7: Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at noon Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio
1: and the iHeartRadio app.
5: Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Our next guest knows a little something or another about the NFL. He's a former scout, and he has the 3 and Out podcast on the Herd Radio Network. Good buddy John Middlecoff joins us here on Fox Sports Radio. Hey, John, happy Friday. How are you? Hey, what's
7: up, fellas? What's going
0: on? Well, Antonio Brown apparently, radio silence is the term that we've heard in the report. How surprised are you that it's come to this so soon already for the new Raiders wide receiver?
7: Yeah, I'm surprised that the the cryo thing, I guess, took place because it's not his first time using that. So he 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 knows the protocol. That's that's on him. That's that's the mistake on Antonio Brown. The Raiders couldn't have controlled that, but the radio silence, like this, is what you sign up for. You know Antonio Brown is one of the bigger personalities in the league for a reason. That there's also a reason that you acquire not just the best receiver in the league, but I mean one of the best receivers we've ever seen over the last six years for a third round pick. I mean, that's yeah. not normal. We, we we saw last year when they traded one of the best players in the league. What what that nets is nets multiple first rounders. Now I get he's a little older, but they got him for a third round pick again for a reason. So I. I I can't be shocked. If you saw the Hard Knocks, the Raiders are a little bit, you know, they're they're not exactly the most buttoned-up operation when it comes to players, so, you know, you can't, you can't be shocked at all.
8: You know, and speaking of that, like with Hard Knocks having their cameras in there, being able to see the behind-the-scenes uh, workings of the Oakland Raiders, w- what do you think of the team now that you've had a little sneak peek behind the scenes in terms of the culture of the program and how it's all coming together in John Gruden's second year?
7: Well, I, I thought the craziest part, Bucky, was – Coming from the SEC, it's not like Jonathan Abram wouldn't know how to full-speed practice without pads. He came from a high-level football at one point in time when he was there. I think they were number one in the country when Dak was still the quarterback. Now, he might have been young, but he still saw the way everyone practiced, and then he became a great player. You practice at full speed without pads. like That happens in the pros. That obviously happens in college. That shouldn't be a shock to him. And I think Gruden has clearly tried to change his tune from when he was in the league, you know, back in the day with Tampa, when he kind of got – you know the nickname of being kind of an a hole, right? Mm-hmm. He was just a lot of guys didn't like him, and I think he's gone the other way, and now he's trying to be a nicer guy, which isn't really who he is. I think to his core a- as a coach, mm-hmm. and with Jonathan Abram talking back to him, I've never seen anything like that. When when the guy's clearly in the wrong over a pretty you know basic thing in football, that that was wild, and I, I think it's more symbolic of. I know Derek takes a lot of heat, and he has the last couple of years of not playing that well. But one thing's pretty obvious. Derek is the type of player that coaches want to coach. He listens. Uh, you can coach him. He just He's in a dysfunctional place. And Gruden, I, I, I thought we were going to get the crazy Gruden when he came back, but, but I think that guy's kind of gone. And whether that's because he's so rich now or because he's trying to deal with millennials, I, I don't know. But I, I was shocked that Gruden wasn't harder on guys.
0: He seems to talk in sound bites now, like mm-hmm. like the Monday Night Football thing. Like really, really had an effect on him. It, I don't know why he just he sounded different in Hard Knocks to me. Like like there was a there was a lot of media and showmanship to it. Do you get that sense?
7: Big time. Uh, yeah, yeah now, it's, it's different. It's part it's part of that. The cameras are there, so it might make him a little uncomfortable. But he he's used to the camera, so i I don't think that's really making him uncomfortable. I, I think he's just a different guy now. And I, I talked to some of my buddies in the league and. They're like, well, you can't really be that hard on guys. And I, I, I agree, times have changed a little bit. And, you know, I was around Andy, and that's not really Andy's style. But he, there's still a standard. You know, you're still a coach. When sure. a guy blatantly screws up, no one is going to blame you for getting on him. You know, and, and, that, and I thought he was trying to be nice. He has this rookie. And the rookie kind of walked all over him. And it was just it, – it, that was the most eye-opening scene for me. Just I, I can't believe he kind of let that fly. When he was 100% in the right, you know, why, why? this is the pros, buddy. And you know how to practice. That's the other thing. It's not like this guy's coming from, you know, Weaver State or something. This guy's from the SEC. They practice full speed without pads on. He knows the drill. So, you know, was, was he acting up for the cameras? Probably a little bit. But I don't know. I, I think – I, I'm just not as sold on Gruden
8: still having his fastball anymore. Yeah, I, w- I wonder about that. Um, having played for Gruden in Oakland the first go round, ninety eight, ninety nine, I wondered which version would return. Would it be the version that was? Man, he was. Did, really you, rec-
0: did you recognize the guy, Bucky? No, nah, he's, on- he's, he's not.
8: He's not the same. Like that, the guy who originally came was a little on edge. Demanded a lot. Demanded a lot of juice, a lot of energy. Um, Expectations to stand. I mean, he he tried to set it really, really high and up there. And so, this guy being able to kind of handle, or just being okay with Abram talking like he talked, like to me, I I just can't imagine. So, I just wonder with the young guys and with the mix of veterans that they have, who is going to be the unquestioned leader besides Derek Carr? Are they going to be able to be truthful when it comes to calling guys out, holding them accountable, and will this culture enable this team? to get to the next level. You had a lot of strong personalities, but I don't know if all those strong personalities can lead them into the right direction. What do you think, having been around the team?
7: Well, yeah, you, you know what's funny is I got a text that night from just the scout, and he's just like, this is why character matters. And he wasn't talking. And when we use the word character, and you know this, Bucky, it doesn't mean like getting in trouble with the law, right? It just means acting the right way, kind of being a pro. And they got a lot of guys that kind of do their own thing. You know, I, I'm around the Warriors out here, and the NBA is completely different culture than the NFL. Like, their, their personal trainers are around a lot. I didn't think it was very normal for, like, Antonio's personal trainer to be on the practice field with the head coach during practice. Like, that, that, was, that was a little weird. And, I, I, again, this is back to Gruden kind of trying to be more open-minded, millennials, let them do their own thing. But I don't think that flies. Like, that doesn't work with Andy. That doesn't work with Belichick. Like, Pete Carroll, and he's a little looser – There's still a standard there. I I just think that they were – I kind of felt bad for Derek Carr. I'm like, God, I don't think any of these guys are listening to anyone. How are they going to
2: listen
0: to him? (laughs) John Middlecoff joining us here on Fox Sports Radio, the Doug Gottlieb Show. He's the host of the Three and Out podcast of the Herd Radio Network and former NFL scout. He's Bucky Brooks. I'm Dan Byer sitting in for Doug today on the Doug Gottlieb Show. So last night, of the, I'll just call them the big three just for that phrase, but of the Kyler Murray, Daniel Jones, and Dwayne Askins performances, who and what stood out the most for you of that trio of first-round picks?
7: Probably Kyler, just because it's it's unique to see a player that small. You know, yeah. in my lifetime, the only guy that really jumps out that had some success is when Flutie came in a little older and he looked so tiny. But Kyler feels, like, even smaller. Kyler feels tiny. But he throws just this accurate laser. It's just beautiful. You know, it's, it's, it's awesome. It's cool to watch. Now, you still kind of hold your breath that once it really gets going in September – and, you know, Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram of whatever team they're playing are actually in pads and playing, what happens when they throw him to the ground? You know, can he consistently get up? Now, the counter would be how do those guys consistently catch him? Because he is like a fly. You know, he's hard to catch. He he jolts around. It's just hard to keep a kind of a hand, get a hand on him. But he looked, I can't dispute, it, he looked awesome. Now, he his stuff translated to the NFL because, to me, whenever you're accurate, it's like Baker Mayfield last night. Watching them on that two-minute drill that they ran, which is pretty smart, it's pretty cool by Freddie Kitchens, Just opening drive, run it like two-minute drill, basically rep it like a practice, but it's a live drill. And when you're that accurate, and Baker to me, his best quality is he's his accuracy is elite. Kyler's really accurate too. It's really hard to fail. You know, a lot of quarterbacks fail for to me a couple things, intangible stuff like you're not tough enough, you're not smart enough. But it usually is their physical stuff. They're, they're just not consistently accurate. They can't make the throws. He can make all the throws accurately. So I don't think it's going to be a fad. Now, is he going to be a great player in the league? You know, the jury he played one – hell, he played one drive. But it looked pretty good. I right? can't really – and Daniel Jones, my thing is just when you're going up against twos and threes, you know, you can look good. And, and again, people in the NFL like Daniel Jones. All my buddies that are in the SEC thought he was a good player. They just didn't think he was six overall, but they, he was a fringe first-round guy. I think a lot of people were expected, like the Giants drafted some undrafted free agent at the six overall pick, but that's not what happened. You know, he's, he's a good athlete. He's an accurate thrower. He's got a decent arm. Like, he's, he's not going to look, you know, like he belongs in the CFL or something. Uh, but, again, he's playing he's playing the backups, and we'll see. I, I, the jury's still out for me on them. I, I thought Pat Shurmur after the game, was a little arrogant to be like, yeah, that's why we drafted him. It's like, Pat, it's like two drives. Let's just let's pump the brakes a little.
8: Um, John, I, I think it's interesting like just hearing you talk about Calum Murray and Daniel Jones or whatever, and I, I want to ask you this because coming from the same life as a former scout, how hard is it to put down the evaluations that we make uh, during the pre-draft phase to then look at someone now that they're in the league and to try and keep – what we thought they would be as a pro out of our mind when we're just evaluating. Do you have that struggle? Because I know I do, because whatever hard and fast opinions I make on a player, sometimes it's hard to put it in my back pocket and say, okay, Daniel Jones is now with the Giants. Let me look at what he is with them, and maybe I can get a vision for what they saw in him that maybe I did or didn't see when he was coming out.
7: Yeah, I mean, it's much easier for me now in the media than it ever was in the pros because, you want to be right when it's your, it's your like your livelihoods on the line. I mean, if you crushed a guy and you, you were part of the reason, maybe you didn't pick him up either pre-draft process or practice squad process or whatever, it's a little different than just not liking the guy you know, for NFL Network or for whatever, right? But you still want to be – we're all humans. We want to be right. I, I find it actually easier. Like, I, I'm not a big Lamar Jackson guy. I, I don't think it's going to translate. It's going to work. But – everything I hear about the guy, how good of a character player or how person he is. I'm rooting for that. Like, I don't mind if I'm wrong. there. great. Same with Josh Allen. I didn't like Josh Allen, but like Lamar Jackson, everything you hear about the kid, like this guy's awesome. I I find myself rooting for when I know they're good character guys, but I didn't like the player. It doesn't bother me at, at all really. Uh, and and obviously with the quarterbacks, clearly much more polarizing, right? Because they're the, they're the stars of this league. They get talked about the most. So you can look like you had egg on your face. And a lot of people just I, – I don't think necessarily crush Daniel Jones. That's where I think we've kind of lost connection on this. If you didn't like Daniel Jones, Bucky, and you didn't think he was worth the sixth overall pick, there's a difference it's just not liking him at all, right? Mm-hmm. If you said – I think sometimes we lose – like if you think a guy's going to – yeah, I'd take this guy in the second round. There's nothing wrong with being a second-round pick. I think we often be like, you thought he was a second-rounder. Yeah, 2nd second round I mean, you still make a lot of money. You're a good player. I mean, a lot it's just, and I think now, if you don't claim a guy's a top-ten pick, it's like you hate the guy, and that's just that's just not a reality. But it's just how you kind of have to stack it when you talk about the pre-draft process.
0: He's John Middlecoff, host of the 3 and Out podcast on the Herd Radio Network. Read him on The Athletic, covering the San Francisco area, and, of course, former NFL scout. Find him on Twitter at John Middlecoff. We appreciate it, John. Have a great weekend. Thanks, guys. You too. See ya. It's funny because, and Doug has talked about it on the show, not everything is one thing or the other. And there are so many different things. It's like, yeah, you may not be high on a guy. doesn't mean you think he's the worst player in the world. I think we get caught up into that so much. And it's not just us in the media. Like, I look at the Cowboys and I hear Jerry Jones talking about how leading rushers don't win Super Bowls. No, but leading rushers go to the playoffs. They do quite a bit. <laughs> And and he does it like that wasn't brought up like it's it's this like the Super Bowl or, or bust yeah. yeah and I, I think that's that's unfair as John's making that point
8: yeah I think it is unfair I, you know I, look I didn't have an opinion I had a I thought Daniel Jones was the first round pick uh, did I think he was a top ten pick no I didn't think his talent necessarily warranted it. however throughout the process I thought that he was the guy that the New York Giants would take just because of connecting the dots Eli Manning. Okay, Eli Manning played for David Cutcliffe, who was Daniel Jones's coach at Duke. Eli Manning's backup quarterback was Daniel Jones's personal uh, development coach coming up. Um, Eli Manning wants to continue to play. Daniel Jones has the kind of personality where he would just kind of sit by and be a professional. I thought all of those things made it a natural fit for him to be their pick. And even though they took him at six, if you like a player, you take a player, you don't worry about the backlash. I think the interesting thing is how people react to seeing Daniel Jones play because, in all honesty, we know that everyone didn't really watch him. They, they kind of flash scouted, didn't necessarily pay attention to who he was and what he could be. And now we had a chance to see him, and people are like, oh, I can see this and that. And, like, the Giants have been consistent in what they've said. Eli is going to be the quarterback this year. He might be the quarterback the next year. And we believe in the Pat Mahomes development plan. They want to develop – Daniel Jones and give him the best opportunity to succeed at the next level. Be
7: sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at noon Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific.
1: At Bed 365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar, whether it's a walk off grand slam or a base hit to center field.
5: And you will not believe where he's going
4: next the Amex dedicated card member Entrance for the win! Unbelievable! When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
9: NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team, draft experts, and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
6: I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington.
0: There are reports that Antonio Brown now is missing in action after leaving the team and not talking with the team because because he's unhappy with a league rule that forces him to change helmets. Now, Mike Silver of the NFL Network says that this has been an ongoing issue throughout Brown's time with the Oakland Raiders and actually at one point... Seemed to be solved. Brown was unhappy that he had to that he wouldn't be able to use the helmet that he's worn throughout his NFL career. Which Bucky notified me. All they do is just paint it, put the uh, silver over the black of the Steelers and the new stickers on, it, and he's good to go. So I yeah, was it's not a, Yeah, it's yeah. Not yeah. yeah I know. It. I know. I was surprised with that because. For just for the simple fact, I know they put new stickers on, but I'm like, hey, wouldn't that be team property? But no, you can let Antonio Brown. No, you take, take, his you take
8: your own helmet. Like uh, you can have your own helmet. Like some guys, uh, they have certain specs. They like certain things. And now with the helmets, they customize them to fit your head. Like uh, Riddell and some of these other companies, they'll mold the bladder to fit your head. And so when it's your helmet, it's your helmet wherever you go. And so. Um, it's easy to swap out the paint. They can sand it down, paint it over, put the new stuff on it or whatever. The big thing about this and what um, parents of kids who are playing the game should understand um, a helmet is only certified to last for 10 years. Each year you got to take the helmets to get reconditioned. They put a sticker on it, but there's a 10 year lifespan for helmets. Um, And the reason they do that is because technology changes. Uh, You want players to be in the up-to-date technology. So they are protected and you have all these things with the health and safety standards. However, you have pros who like their helmet. They like the fit of it. They, they've they broken it in. It's comfortable for them. With A.B. and also with Tom Brady, their helmets that they prefer have kind of aged out. So now it's time for them to move on to a new helmet. A.B. is protesting because he likes to feel, he likes to mm-hmm. fit, he doesn't want to break out. He doesn't want to break in a new helmet. And so literally that's what this is about. Can I continue to wear an older, outdated helmet because I like the fit? Or do I need to be up to code and get a new helmet? That's what they're haggling over.
0: Now, Mike Silver reports that Brown, when he found out that he was going to have to get a new helmet because of a grace period that ended up being waived by the NFL, became furious over hearing that news. He was unhappy about it, complained that guys like Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers didn't have to abide by the same standards. The Mike Silver report of the NFL network says that the Raiders or someone with the Raiders or someone close to Brown texted him a picture of Aaron Rodgers wearing a new helmet when the Packers were practicing and not the old one that he had always used. Mm -hmm. It was then reported that Brown showed up the next day as if nothing had happened and (laughs) went with business as usual, Bucky, and then wore the new helmet. But now this has come up again on the no pun intended here on the heels of his cryotherapy issue that he's had with the Oakland Raiders, so there are some. I mean, it seems to be a roller coaster when it comes to Antonio Brown, and maybe this roller coaster should have been expected considering some of the stuff that we saw with Antonio Brown in Pittsburgh.
8: Yeah, some of it. Look, look drama kind of follow, follows him. He's a high maintenance guy. Like a lot of wide receivers are high maintenance, but he seems to be on the extreme end of it, and. I don't know if you can ever satisfy him. Like he may be one of those guys and and you always can get a sense of how guys are when you talk to the equipment people. And maybe he's just a high maintenance guy when it comes to how he manages or how he cares for what he wants from an equipment standpoint. But look, man, it's a a helmet. I understand the comfort level, the fit. But after 10 years, man, you should make sure that you're protected, not necessarily the fit and the comfort. Make sure you're protected.
0: Well, how much now does this affect what the Raiders are doing? I mean – take away the 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 trade that they made which was what third round pick cuz yeah. i mean that's the for what antonio brown means to this football team going forward and if now he's become more of a headache than anything else mm-hmm. how much more can the raiders afford to put up with this stuff
8: uh they have to they're all in they traded for him they gave a third round pick and they paid a bunch of money he's theirs they're married to him so john gruden has to find a way to make this Work out and look. He has to continue to have these private conversations with uh, AB and sit him down and say, "Hey, here's what we expect. We expect to be in compliance. Like, just do your job. Just do exactly what you have being asked to do. You won't have any issues."
0: This is that. That's my. That's my problem with it. Is that like you don't know what Antonio Brown is going to show up? And I know he's not the first football player to to have a personality like this, but there's a bigger spotlight. He's in a new spot. If he shows up one day and is fine with the helmet and then now refuses to show up because he's not fine, I just... I don't know how you plan for stuff like that. I
8: I, I would have no idea. You sound like you're frustrated. You, I don't think you can coach AB. Yeah, I, I, think, I think I would have a think, very think difficult think you, time doing you would, so. I think you'd have a tough time coaching AB. I think you'd have a tough time letting him be on your squad. I I have a difficult. It's funny. Would and you I'm take not, him on your fantasy team? No,
0: no, absolutely not. Zero. Would not take him. He's would, not.
8: He's not on Byers' band or whatever. Whatever your team is. <laughs> he's not on that.
0: No, he is not. Uh, we're the Killer Bees, by the way. Oh, the Killer uh, yeah, Bees. Yeah, the killer bees my man. the killer bees uh he would not be on my team just because of the situation the offensive situation that he's in and for stuff like this that you cannot control i would take a bunch of <laughs> wide receivers over antonio brown i don't know how though i mean when when you're breaking in uh a young running back mm-hmm. you're you've got a veteran quarterback that you're paying a lot of money to and you're trying to give them uh, as many weapons David Gascon ended up running down some of the wide receivers that the Raiders have. There are some guys that are nice, but nobody that you would consider number one outside of Antonio Brown. I just don't know how in the world when you are trying to figure out all these other things. Take away his personality. Wide receiver was the one position on that team. Number one wide receiver was the one position on that team they really didn't have to worry about because it was he was the best talent. And now that one position is taking up a lot of real estate in their minds and on their watches. And I think that is a big issue with the Raiders.
8: I mean, it is taking up a lot of headspace, a lot of conversation, a lot of attention is being devoted towards the wide receiver spot. I mean, look, this is what you signed up for, man. You got the AP experience. This is, what, this is what you signed you up for. You didn't know.
0: You didn't know that he would go to France. Well, hey. apparently their cryotherapy rules are a bit lax. Yeah, Maybe just, they need new rules every 10 years.
8: This is what you get. You signed up for it. You have you have to know. You have to call some people, get a sense of who a guy really is before you take him. In.
0: Who do you think is enjoying this the most? Ben Roethlisberger,
8: Mike Tomlin, the Steeler fans? Oh, I think everybody associated with Pittsburgh is enjoying this because they were like, see, you thought we were crazy? I think Mike Tomlin is enjoying a little bit of like, see, look at all the stuff that yeah. I had to deal with. I had to keep quiet. Um, I think everyone is kind of—I don't say they're—they're they're, they're celebrating, but they're kind of like, "I told you so."
7: Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.
2: it's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We're the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast.
4: Welcome to Locatora Radio season nine. Love, Love at, at first, first listen. listen.
5: Avito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael.
0: To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips.
7: When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie, because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio
0: app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
6: I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States—